Welcome everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Michael Murray. He's the CEO of Copen Corporation. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining. Now, for those that aren't familiar with Copen, can you just give us a quick overview of the company? Sure. Uh, Copen is a 35-year-old company. I've been on NASDAQ for 31 years, started by Dr. John Fan, uh, who is still with us on the board of directors. And we focus in on developing application-specific optical assemblies for the consumer, industrial, and defense markets. Very good. Now, you're relatively new to the company, is that correct? Correct. Nine months now. Okay. And can you just give us a little bit about your background and the opportunity you saw that uh, made you get excited about taking over the reins? Sure. My, my background actually fits Copen uh, very well in the fact that when I looked at the company, it was moving into its next generation of growth. Uh, and I worked in startups uh, originally in my career, which uh, this somewhat is in terms of our new uh, focus and uh, growth areas. And then secondly, my background uh, in consumer electronics, uh, working at analog devices for over a decade, and then uh, also working in defense over the last decade, uh, mainly in uh, electronic-based cryptography. So when I looked at this technology and where the company is going, I felt it was a great fit for myself and my family being local here in Massachusetts. Uh, so I thought it was a great fit. Okay. Now, is, is Copen making end products or components for other products? Uh, components for other products mainly. Okay. And then what, uh, what markets are, are you serving? Uh, right now, our, our business is predominantly defense, and uh, I, can, I can see that continuing at least for uh, the next few years. Uh, we do have a great industrial business, uh, which is uh, burgeoning again. Uh, took a bit of a hit during COVID. However, it's starting to rebound back. And then we have our consumer business, which is really foundational and focused on AR, VR, and metaverse applications. And we see that actually starting to perk back up after a, a pretty long uh, debate around whether or not the metaverse was actually going to become a thing or not. Uh, we actually see some uh, increased activity in that area again, uh, which is nice to see. Okay. And how about the defense business alone? What's the uh, total addressable market there for you guys? Oh, it's, it's in the billions. Um, it, it's probably too large to even scope. But for near-term uh, opportunities for us, we look at uh, opportunities like the IVAS program, which is a $220 billion program, is right in our sweet spot. Essentially what that program is is a weapon site. And if you look at uh, the vast majority of our revenue today is uh, around weapon site displays where we offer our customers fully integrated application-specific optical assemblies. So, so those fancy words basically mean we develop and deliver a display, a micro display, which we build internally. And we have four different types, Jeff. So we have FL cost, which comes out of FDD, um, our fourth dimension displays out of Scotland. And we also have our AMLCD proprietary process out of Westboro here where I uh, work from. And we also have our OLED uh, portfolio, which we have eight or nine devices. Uh, it's eight going to nine uh, with our recent announcement on OLED. And we also have a new uh, product line that we're, we're introducing to the market, which is our micro LED product line. So we have those displays, but we couple them with optics, 
meaning the, the glass or the lens that uh, you would look through, plus the housing and all the drive electronics that go along with that to make it work. Uh, and that's what we support our customers with. We still sell displays, meaning only displays. However, what our customers are asking us for is a fully integrated optical assembly. Okay. And then the industrial and the consumer markets, it, it's similar products. It's just we're waiting for those markets to mature. Is, is that a fair characterization? It is. In the, industrial, in the industrial space, we actually have a number of partners that have licensed our uh, designs. So that's a royalty-based revenue uh, for the company, which is great. Uh, on the consumer side, we're actually moving more towards that type of licensing, RIP. Uh, we still sell some displays into the consumer market, and we will continue to. However, what we're hearing from those customers um, that are in the AR, VR consumer marketplaces, they really want to license our IP. And we're moving towards that as we speak. Furthermore, they're actually starting to talk to us more about higher brightness displays where we have a current leadership position in OLED as well as our micro-LED product lines. Okay. So other than government, who, who would be some of your customers for industrial and also for consumer? I think we've, we've gotten uh, a lot of... Uh, interest in the industrial marketplace in areas like with Realware as an example, they're a known customer of ours. Vuzix uh, has been a customer of ours. So that type of market, whether it be Lenovo uh, as well as uh, Moseyware, so those are a few companies that we've uh, been um, explicit about. On the consumer side, we've been working with uh, Panasonic as of recently. Uh, we also have a number of design wins that I can't talk about just yet uh, because they're not out in the marketplace. Okay. And are those applications predominantly augmented reality for industrial and consumer, or, or what areas? Uh, in industrial and consumer, it's, it's all AR, VR. Um, definitely that's where we, we're finding most of our, um, our opportunities. However, having said that, we are seeing a new market emerge for us um, that we had put under industrial, but we're now breaking out because of the revenue opportunity, and that's the medical space or healthcare space, uh, where we're offering our customers a fully integrated, fully assembled um, HMD or head-mounted display for surgeons. And we'll be demonstrating that display and uh, product um, at uh, the Ladenburg Conference um, this month in New York, as well as uh, other conferences in, in June. So uh, it's a fully integrated design and uh, very, very impressive. So that medical market is uh, one that's burgeoning for us. It's still somewhat nascent from the standpoint of the revenue, but we're getting tremendous interest. Very good. And is this IP all protected, or is it know-how? Uh, it's protected. So uh, one of the interesting things about Copen is we have over 200 patents. We have another 22 uh, that are just filed. Uh, we are very heavy on the patent side of things. Uh, coming out of MIT Lincoln Labs, uh, we've been heavily into re uh, resources uh, and um, patentable technology for a number of years. Uh, I plan on still continuing that. However, we're going to be more focused when it comes to our research and development dollars, um, and we've been heavily partnered with DARPA in the past and will continue to do so. Okay. So how do you fit into the competitive landscape? Who do you go up against mostly, and, and, and where are you in, in that food chain? Yeah, great question. So it's changing. My, my view and our strategy has changed uh, from where we were, I'd say, even a year ago. Predominantly, we would sell a display 
versus another display company. Um, so again, I mentioned that we have four display types. I'll choose OLED as a, as a good example. You know, we compete with Imagine or Micro OLED head-to-head. Uh, -head. So in the marketplace, we compete display versus display. Uh, we have eight devices currently in OLED, uh, going to nine shortly. And uh, our competitors do as well, and they're good. Um, all of our displays are, are very, very good. Um, where we're going, though, is different than that. Um, we have four different displays that we can use for the right application, right? along with our optical technology and drive electronic technology and our ability to assemble that into a higher level assembly or what we call an application specific optical uh, solution. So, so that sets us apart than our competition, um, that we have in-house display capability as well as the ability to pair that with optics and provide our customers with a fully enclosed module. So, so that's why we're moving towards that direction. It sets us apart from a margin perspective and certainly from a volume of revenue. Uh, it's much more exciting than selling uh, a display versus a display. Gotcha. So I, I see you've improved your balance sheet and also that you've cut costs, but uh, how about growth? How are you positioned for growth? Uh, great question. So uh, I think exciting times are ahead of us. Uh, we're bidding on some very large opportunities currently um, that want and need that marriage between the optics and the display. And I'm excited that uh, we'll be able to land some of these programs uh, over the course of 2023 and, and really become a growth engine again. The thing that I wanted to fix first uh, with the company is to make sure that we have the right capabilities, number one. Number two, the right quality levels to accept some of these larger programs that we're currently bidding on. Um, and then thirdly, not lastly, but thirdly, make sure that we have the right business development organization to be able to um, land those deals and make sure that we're able to execute on them. So we separated uh, during our restructuring, we separated the business development organization as well as the program management organization. At one point they were uh, all under one uh, leadership position, which I didn't think was correct. So doing so, we've been able to create the right lines of focus and certainly the right lines and delineation of uh, current business versus new business focus, and the pipeline of opportunity is uh, getting really exciting at the company right now. Uh, and that's just in defense and industrial. Add in, now we're starting to see uh, the consumer side uh, of AR, VR, and metaverse start to pick back up. And a lot of these companies that were reported to provide the market with uh, new products this year or next are redesigning those products because the market isn't there yet. Uh, so we're starting to see a drastic increase of new design activity on the consumer side. Well, what do you think has to happen uh, for that to scale? Is it, is it technology or just cost? Uh, actually, I think it's neither. I think it's actually what is the true application that you need to have? What's that killer app? that will make the metaverse or AR, VR type of application work for you, for me, for my children, um, that will make us want to use that technology for more than 20 minutes before either A, it makes you nauseous, or B, you're just not interested anymore, and three, why do you want to wear something on your face for that long? In defense, it's very easy to understand. That's a defense application. It's been around a long time. Um, we know what that needs to be and look like. On the consumer side, 
I know there's a lot of advocacy for you know having the next generation of cell phone be you know in your ear or at least on your in your glasses or what have you, but the killer app still isn't there yet, and I think that's what the the industry needs to get right first. After that, the cost, the the performance will come, and what we're seeing right now is I think the companies in in the consumer leadership space are figuring that out. Number one, number two, they're figuring out that the current architecture of their technology is incorrect. It needs to be brighter than it is, and that technology mix needs to change. And we're very much at the forefront of that currently um, because we have the highest brightness components um, in OLED as well as micro LED. Uh, we're in a great position to help them along. And that will be a 2025-2026 type of uh, product launch. But um, they're going to get it right. They're going to get the application space right. And when they do, uh, I think this is going to be a super exciting market for us. Very good. Now, are you guys more of a design firm, or are you manufacturing yourself? Uh, great question. So we manufacture internally. Um, we will continue to manufacture internally. However, we're moving to more of a fab light strategy. And what I mean by that is we're developing partnerships as well as manufacturing um, uh, capabilities outside of Copen. And this is something that uh, Analog Devices taught me. Their relationship with TSMC and some of their foundry partners and packaging partners it allows you to be a lot more nimble without having the OpEx and CapEx uh, worry that uh, a lot of these companies um, currently have that are our competitors. So we're becoming more of a fab-less or fab-light type of company where we're going to be doing heavy engineering, and that's where our customers will pay for. Now that heavy engineering could either be in IP licenses, like what we do in the industrial space where we actually deliver an entire design, and we actually manufacture it in those uh, instances. Or it will become more of a Qualcomm, which is, here's our design. If you want us to build the display, we can do that. Or if you want us to build the entire assembly or sub-assembly, we can also do that and we'll still sell displays in the open market against our competitors. But we'll be a little bit more cost competitive and I think quicker to market in that we'll be using uh, world-class in engineering and fabrication um, facilities um, to help us along the way so we don't have to have that capital equipment here, here in this uh, uh, office to make sure that uh, we can do that. So, so that's a strategy that we kicked off about six months ago and I think you're going to see some great announcements around that uh, this year. Very good. Uh, any supply chain issues, or that's not been a bottleneck? Uh, we had supply chain issues. Um, we had significant supply chain issues last year, uh, specifically around FPGAs, uh, or field programmable gate arrays. Uh, the lead times for those devices went out quite far. Uh, so we've been working our supply chain really hard. Thankfully, uh, we have some great relationships with our, our vendors. Uh, and currently, uh, we do not see um, issues in our supply chain. Uh, we are working it hard. We do see some issues pop up from time to time, but nothing that we haven't been able to mitigate so far. Uh, I, I'm being cautious about calling the supply chain issues you know, resolved. But uh, for the most part, our components right now, we've got a good grasp of, and uh, we're working costs and quality with our supply chain more than uh, you know, lead times. Okay. So in the revenue model, you mentioned you do some licensing. Is that a big percentage, or what, what's your revenue model look like? Right now, uh, it's a small percentage. It's in the single digits. However, uh, my goal is to increase that over uh, you know, month over month, quarter over quarter, as much as we can. 
so that's part of the new business model that we're putting in place here at Copen. And uh, it's being accepted very well by our customer base, by the way. So um, that's a practice that we're, we're going to get better at. And now with this new business development team that we're putting in place, they're comfortable in selling that type of relationship. And I think that's the, the right way to go for us, um, especially when it comes to consumer applications where we just don't have the scale uh, to be able to build you know, 10,000 to 100,000 a month, which would be you know, what a uh, consumer application would demand. But we can certainly support the design and the royalty base that uh, our consumer customers uh, are comfortable in paying. Okay. And then the non-licensing, is that a, a low gross margin business or what does that look like? Uh, right now the, the product business um, is a low margin business. However, it shouldn't be. And when I took the reins um, really in effect in December, what we did was we looked at our, our programs. Uh, these are all defense programs. And they're built to be profitable. They shouldn't be unprofitable. And there were a few programs that we had uh, that were uh, difficult. And we worked with our customers to improve our profitability and our cash flow uh, on those programs. And I'm very happy to report we have great customers that understand us. They understand the technology, and they've been tremendously helpful uh, to Copen over the last few months in working with us to get these programs back on track and get them to profitability. So I think our profits will improve over the course of this year based on the current programs that we have. Firstly, because we've been working with our customers. Secondly, our quality has improved greatly since I took over. In fact, uh, we were shipping around 63% on time and full to our largest customer when I joined. And the latest data that I received uh, this morning was in the, in the low 90s. It's not 100, but it's in the low 90s, and that's a marketable improvement, and we've got more improvement to make. So as that quality comes up, so shall our profitability. And as we've been working with our customers to make sure that our milestones and cash milestones all make sense, uh, we revamp those so that uh, we're much healthier on the cash flow side of things. I think you're going to see a much better balance sheet out of Copen moving forward. Moreover, we've taken uh, the hard decisions to reduce our force uh, twice in this quarter, along with spinning out um, partially the, the OLED design team, uh, which was quite costly. And we did so knowing that we have a full OLED portfolio intact, ready to sell, ready to go. And that design team is moving on to what we call Lightning Silicon, uh, where Copen owns 20% of that company. And their focus is going to be taking OLED to 12-inch wafers in China moving forward. So that's a separate business uh, altogether, and uh, we wish them well. And we've got a strong partnership. So when they do get to a 12-inch wafer in OLED, we will receive that material back uh, and IP back to Copen. So it's a great um, uh, deal that we were able to strike on that. So, so those, three and those three activities in Q1 has brought down our OPEX tremendously. You'll see that in our Q1 results, and you'll see that wash through in Q2 more heavily once the, the single transactions and special transactions in Q1 uh, wash through in Q2 and Q3. So uh, we're really excited about our financial future and, and the overall governance of our costs here at, uh, at Copen. So who did they get, how did they get spun out? Did you, did you sell part of it to a public or private company, or, or did you dividend that to shareholders? What happened there? 
so we actually uh, rolled that company uh, out to uh, John Fan, who is the founder of, of Copen. And we took a financial stake in the company, meaning we own 20% of it. And uh, we have a royalty-based um, program that we've set up with, with Lightning Silicon. So we'll receive royalties as well as uh, the profits of that, of that company uh, into Copen. And we felt like that was the best course of action at that point in time. Uh, and we think they're going to be very successful. So uh, financially, the investors within Copen will receive money back uh, from Lightning Silicon and uh, that investment. Okay. So have you gone through, um, it sounds like you had some low-hanging fruit. Have you gone through all of that? And then also, um, on the other side, what do you see as, as a growth driver for Copen? Yeah, so on the, on the cost side, more to do. Uh, I think uh, we started with headcount. Uh, and we've we've adjusted our headcount for for 2023. Um, we've uh, brought in new talent uh, into the business that I think is going to help us grow, and uh, and and focus on the the areas of growth that uh, I see near term. Um, the third thing that we've done, which is not going to be evident until it washes through the, the the balance sheet and income statement, is we've taken a very hard look at how we price our current business as well as future business. And I think there was um, a level of sophistication that wasn't here when I joined in terms of government contracts and what defense contracts could be, should be, could look like, and how to make sure that you're, you're gaining the profit out of them that you should get. So I think that's going to create a lot of merit uh, and results this year. So I'm very happy with that progress. And certainly the opportunity for Copen. The opportunity for Copen is not the problem. We have tremendous amounts of opportunity that are coming in every day for new programs, new projects. And I think what the, the, the criterion that we put in place now is setting a higher bar. Not all, good, not all business is good business, number one. Number two, we now have a much higher bar in terms of our resource spend uh, and what that cost is going to be. And I think we're making better decisions about choosing what business we're actually, A, going to pursue, and B, take into the company. Uh, and those two things may be different, by the way. So uh, we're embarking upon that now, and we're being very selective about the opportunities that we pursue and also about the contracts that we take. So um, I don't see uh, you know, the opportunity level as an issue for us. In fact, you know, we're a positive book to bill. Uh, the previous quarter, I believe, will be a positive book to bill this quarter and next quarter. So I think we're on the right trajectory there. We've got some big programs that we're working on landing, which we hope to announce shortly. So that's not necessarily the issue. I think we'll be a great growth engine for the next two to three years. If we land some of these larger programs that we're working on, it's going to be exponential growth. And then if, if the AR, VR, metaverse does come true, we will be a significant growth engine um, in terms of revenue. But we need to have the right quality, the right processes, and the right manufacturing partners to be able to get there. And uh, that was the original focus, and we're well on track. In fact, we're ahead of schedule on those three items, those strategic initiatives that we, that we put in place. And uh, I think you know, that's really going to drive the growth. So, so the other thing I'll, I'll mention is moving into the strategy around becoming an application-specific optical company sets us apart in terms of margins as well as resales to our customers. In fact, 
uh, I believe we'll have an announcement soon about an automotive uh, application in defense that uh, when you look at the revenue potential, it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And the reason it's that level is what we're selling into this application. We sell four different types of, of um, display assemblies into one uh, system. So when you do the math on that, the systems run around thirteen dollars to $15,000 each times four per uh, vehicle. Uh, those volumes and that revenue resale mix becomes very interesting from a growth perspective and it's financially viable from a profit standpoint as long as it's built with quality. So, so I think there's great days ahead of us in terms of revenue. I just wanted to make sure that when we build these devices for our customers, they deserve and uh, require high quality. And I think we're getting there. I think we're well on track to have a great 2023 and a much better 2024 and 25. So um, I'm really excited about the future. Very good. So what have I failed to ask that you wish I would have asked you? Oh, great question. I think um, one of the questions that, that people rarely ask is about our culture. And it's something that I'm very proud of. Uh, here at Copen, we have great people. Uh, the people are very focused on, on building a great company, not only for themselves, but for their families. And we're a great pet-friendly company here. I didn't realize how many dog lovers we have here at Copen. So you know, having a clean room, I, you know, it's impossible for us to have you know, our pet friends uh, into the office, although I tried. Uh, so instead we have what's called the pet wall. We have pictures of our pets, uh, and uh, we all enjoy uh, you know, making sure that we bring our pets to work when we can, uh, when we have you know, uh, picnics and things like that. So, so it's one of the things that's really unique about Copen. Uh, you know, the people here have been tremendously uh, helpful and warm and receptive to me joining, and uh, so has Dr. Fan. He's been uh, very gracious and uh, allowing me to, to take the reins here. And I think the culture here is one of the best cultures I've ever worked in. It's very MIT-based, very thoughtful, very um, focused on technology. And uh, you know, the people here are just tremendous. Uh, I think that's the thing that uh, most, most investors and people looking outside of Copen don't understand the great people that we have here. And uh, they're the ones that are going to bring us into the future. Well, it sounds like you landed well. And uh, thank you so much for sharing the Copen story. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate you having me on.